Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Good morning, Lori King-Taylor. Good morning, Lori Garrell. How are you on this beautiful, glorious day? I am fantastic. Fantastic. Because I get to share this beautiful, glorious day with you. And I'm very excited about that. And I'm really excited because we are in that season of time when things are just very stressful. There's a lot going on in our world today. We've just come off of Thanksgiving and oh my goodness, we are running right into Christmas and all of the end of the year stuff that has to be done uh, at work and then all of the family stuff and, and for a lot of people, family equals stress. So I think it's just a really good time to talk about stress, the effects that stress has on your brain, and what we can do to kind of calm ourselves during that time of stress. What It is crazy appropriate right now to talk about this. And it's also my reminder to get with my clients and do a refresh with them too, because you're right, this is the most appropriate time to do a little reset. One thing is really important for us to remember is that your ability to manage your emotions and kind of remain calm under all of this pressure that we're on has a direct link to your performance and to your brain. So according to Jill Goldstein, she's a professor of psychiatry at Harvard, and she says that stress affects not only our memory and many other brain functions like our mood and our anxiety, but stress also promotes inflammation, which adversely affects our heart health. So stress can be associated with a lot of chronic diseases that we have going on out there. And I think that if we can do just a few simple steps to be able to keep ourselves calm during that period, we're going to not only help our relationships, but we're also going to improve our health. I wholly agree. It was a time of incredible stress that led me down the path of adrenal fatigue and I needed to make changes. And my stress relief at that time was that's when I very first found a coach. It was back in 2007 that got me to where I am today doing this work. It was because of that intense stress and people do need to know what do I do before they get to that bad, bad place that you have a lot of recovery. And instead, what can I do in the moment? So I'd like to take just a couple of minutes to kind of talk about stress in the brain, because you know me, I love to talk about the brain and, and how the things that we do affects our brain and, and 
what that has to do in relation to our leadership in our relationships with other people. So um, everyone is well aware that our brain is made up of many different sections and all of these different sections have different jobs that they do. And when one part of your brain is engaged, your energy is all going to that particular area of your brain, which takes energy away from different parts of your brain. And we'll do a whole other podcast on multitasking and why that is the devil in your life, um, because it really does damage your brain. But so when we are under stress, the energy level is going to that part and it's taking away from other functions going on in your particular brain. Uh, for example, if you're in a really emotionally taxing situation, your amygdala or Amy, as I love to call her, who is your fight or flight, she's going to take over and she's going to leave the parts of your brain that help store your memories. Uh, that perform higher tasks with less energy in order to be able to do their job. So when you're actually under a great deal of stress, you're not able to perform as well as you normally could. I always think about it in the fact that like all of my resources have left my brain and gone to my, my flight or fright, my arms to fight, my legs to flee instead of at my brain to help me process through the situation. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but my memory, I have a hard enough time with my memory these days. <laughs> and stress is just adds that other dimension for losing your memory and not being able to recall things. And it's kind of like your brain is shunting those resources because now it's in survival mode, not memory mode. So this is why when you're under a lot of stress, you might be more forgetful. And with everything we have going on in our lives right now, we need to try to remember as much as possible because it sure would be terrible if we forgot that one special gift for uh, someone in our lives or we forgot to turn in that end of the year report and went on vacation without it. <laughs> I have nightmares that something like that happens. I wake up and going, oh my gosh, thank goodness. Well, I know this time of the year, it is a constant pen and paper for me. If it comes into my brain, I try to write it down as quickly as I can because it seems like it goes out of my brain about the same amount of time it took to come into my brain. So why don't we talk about six things you can do to maintain, maintain your calm in a time of turmoil. I love it. I, I'm hoping that you're going to start with positivity. Uh, let's start with positivity. Yay. <laughs> so we did an episode uh, on positivity back, I think it was episode 15, where we talked about positivity. So we're not going to do a really deep dive uh, into positivity. Please go back and listen um, to that particular podcast 15 to be able to get more information. But positivity, when your life really seems to be in that chaotic state, we can gravitate to negative thoughts. And when you find yourself wandering down this path, you want to immediately divert yourself to something positive. So when you start feeling the stress of and you become the Grinch uh, in this particular time of year, take a, a minute to really stop and think about what is something good 
that happened today? What is something good that's gonna come from this? Um, what is an exciting event that you have? And you, maybe you're stressing about that exciting event, but take time to think about the emotion of the feel good of that event. Why are you going to that event in the first place? You're, you're gonna go to be with family or friends or you're going to celebrate a job well done at work and celebrate with your colleagues. So try to, instead of thinking all the negative feelings of that, replace all of that with the joy and the positivity that's coming from this time of year. And I needed that reminder. And I also, one of the, the things that I do in those situations is, because sometimes it's hard to come up with that positive thing. So my intermediate step, when I can't find that immediate positive is, what am I learning here? To get me just that disruption. What am I learning here? How is, how is this serving me? And then I can get to that positive place. So I need a, uh, sometimes a baby step in between. Oh, I love that idea. I'm all about what we can learn from things. And I totally believe we can learn something from every situation we're in. So I love that. So stop and think. If you can't think of the positive in the immediate, what am I learning from the situation? The second would be to count your blessings. I know I've said multiple times over in different podcasts about being grateful and gratitude and starting your day with, before you even get out of bed, what are those three things I'm most grateful for? And it can be things as simple as, you know, just sitting here doing this podcast. If I wanted to think of three things, I would say, I'm grateful for the sunshine and a beautiful day. I'm grateful for the wind chimes that I'm hearing. I'm in the ears that I'm allowed to be able to hear because not everyone has that gift and um, in the wind. So I'm grateful for eyes that can see and can enjoy. So you can always find something to be grateful for. And studies show us that focusing on gratitude truly improves the ability to assess life's quality, the willingness to help others and your quality of sleep and overall health. That reminds me of something. This is, this is my big share. Okay, this is my contribution for today. When I can't sleep, because I have a lot of difficulty sleeping, one of my go-to tactics, this has to do with gratitude, is I start at my toes and I give thanks for my toes. I'm so grateful that I have toes. They help me stand up. They help me keep my balance. And the my feet, I am so grateful that I can stand. And I tell you, there are times, I don't know that I've ever gotten clear to my top of my head. I've fallen asleep. If I'm just really focused on gratitude on every single body part, I, most of the time I get to my knees. I can't remember getting past my knees. Oh, that's as, awesome. as, I, as I work my way up. So I that's my, that. that's my contribution. I love that. Well, gratitude is considered a natural antidepressant. And I know a lot of times we rely on pharmaceutical antidepressants and I'm not at all um, saying we don't need those because some individuals do, but gratitude is a natural antidepressant. And when we express our gratitude, our brains actually release dopamine and serotonin, 
which are two crucial neurotransmitters that are responsible for our emotions and they make us feel good. So gratitude will enhance our mood immediately because of the release of the dopamine and the serotonin that we have. Ah, and it puts me right to sleep. <laughs> so the third thing that we can do to help keep calm in times like today is to get off the grid. So hard. It can be hard because there's so much we have going on. And I'm sure everyone's to-do list right now is about a mile and a half long. And we don't feel like we can take the time to get off the grid. I am to the point where I had to turn off the alerts and the warnings and the buzzers on my watch. Because even if I left my phone at home and I go to take a walk, my, I want to track my activity, but it was keeping me on the grid. Mm -hmm. And so I had to turn off all the mm -hmm. alerts. So I don't know if anything's happening. Yeah, see, and that's great because it gives you the opportunity to really appreciate. So when you're going on that walk, you're getting oxygen to your brain because when we're stressed, we're not typically breathing normally. So our brain is being deprived of a lot of oxygen. So getting off the grid, turning those alerts off, leaving the phone, walking away from the computer. Sometimes we need to walk away from people and just breathe and walk, listen to music, um, enjoy nature, take a nap. And I know people freak out a lot of times when you say, just take a nap. And I'm one of those people that tend to freak out. I'm like, I don't have time for a nap. But of course, my naps, I am not a power sleeper like you are. I envy that you can be a power sleeper. And the thing is, I can't do it at night. But on a weekend, and I need to recharge because I want to be superwoman on the weekends and get so much done. If I do a 15-minute power nap and I set my alarm for 20 minutes, um, I feel amazing, but anything over that, I am toast. So I have to set my alarm. But I tell you, I can go to bed and not fall asleep right away. But for a power nap, I'm out like a light. I just but wish. I have not allowed myself to do that during the week. That's a weekend little luxury. It probably would be beneficial as part of the lunch hour if I took such a thing. Would that would be a great time to do it. And it, it really would be. And there's been a ton of studies that have shown that if you can get off the grid and take those breaks, even those 15 minute power naps, when you come back, you are actually more productive than if you had stayed there. This is something that I used to tell my team uh, when I was still in corporate. Don't stay at work too late. You will, it might feel like I have so much to do and I must get it done, but they will be more productive if they leave at a reasonable hour, rejuvenate, and tomorrow they will be more productive and get more done. And the same thing for at lunch. Take some sort of break at lunchtime. Even if you feel like you need to work through lunch, you're more productive. We are more productive when we have that break. I mean, have you ever just been so stressed looking at something, writing something, doing a report, 
walked away from it for one reason or another. And when you came back, the answer was staring you in the face. And we were like genius. Our response, our answer, what we were working on is genius because of that little disruption. Mm -hmm. So you'll be amazed if you just get off the grid, how refreshing those breaks are and how they really do help reduce your stress by putting more of a mental recharge in your day. The other thing that we really want to do to kind of help calm the chaos is to kill the negative talk. This is, I will admit, easier said than done, but is one of the most important things that any of us can do, male, female, any level in the organization. The negative self-talk needs to be nixed. Yeah, negative self-talk is something that most of us are going to experience from time to time, and it comes in a lot of different forms. But negative self-talk in itself also creates a significant amount of stress. And the key here is not only to yourself, but your negative self-talk creates stress for those around you. Um, so if we're not careful, we're affecting other people just by being more negative towards ourselves. Um, that negative self-talk can lead to lower ability to see your opportunities um, and it decreases your chances for even looking and seizing those opportunities. And I think the self-talk takes your focus off of like you're, you're not as effective, you're not as productive because all of your resources, your thinking is going to the negative self-talk. It's grabbing all of your attention. And keeping you from the move forward focus. Yeah, I mean, we're none of us in this world are perfect. We all have flaws, but we all have things that are very positive about us. And so if we can focus on those positive, it's going to, again, increase those dopamine and serotonin levels, which is going to make us feel better about ourselves, which is going to reduce a lot of stress in our life. Another way is practicing mindfulness. And I know this isn't something we've spent a lot of time on in our podcast talking about it, but uh, mind mindfulness really can increase our ability to regulate our emotions, to decrease our stress and anxiety, and even uh, help with depression. And I know a lot of people deal with depression uh, this time of year. And so, um, being mindful can really kind of reduce a lot of the stress in those particular areas. Say more so that everyone understands what you mean about mindfulness. So mindfulness can, it can take place through meditation sessions or just smaller um, moments throughout the day. And it's just really taking time to be still and focusing on one particular thing. So letting everything else outside of your brain is just sitting still. It could be um, closing your eyes and just focusing on your breath. And when something else comes into your mind, and it will, you just push it out. And then you go back to focusing on your breath. Or I love uh, to sit out by the lake and I'll focus on the wind or the sounds in the wind. And if you know, something comes in my head like, oh, I got to, you know, buy pants for Brock's football or something. I, I push it out and I just realign and refocus just on one simple thing, such as the wind. And as it relates to the sounds, one of, because I struggle with meditation 
And I know it's a practice. It's very hard to master. So I'm not beating myself up for it, but I, the one practice that has worked for me is I will focus on the sound and I'll look for, I'll listen for the sound that's farthest away. So it's like observing sound, 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 and identifying which one's farthest away. And then I allow myself to think about the sound that's the next closest. And I work my way to what sound is right here next to me. And because I allow that little bit of mind activity, I am more successful with that mindfulness practice. And the sound could be a bulldozer over the hill. And that's okay that it was a bulldozer, but then I'm just moving myself closer and closer and closer. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what the sound is. It's, it's the focus, and it's learning to focus on one thing at a time. And the breathing is really important with mindfulness because we are terrible breathers. And I'd love to do a podcast sometime. It just made me take a deep, deep breath <laughs> through my nose. <laughs> through your nose. We had this discussion uh, yesterday about how important it is to breathe through your nose. And we'll do a whole podcast sometime on that because it really is important to us as leaders. But we don't breathe well. And just sitting and taking that time to really deeply breathe and focus on one thing at a time can clear your mind and kind of give you that space that you need, kind of declutter. You know, you're clearing out the junk folder in your uh, computer so that when you come back, it's all working better and you can kind of really focus in on what needs to be done. And people who practice meditation more frequently and they've, it, they've just made it part of their routine, they say that a, a good meditation practice feels like eight hours of sleep in a very short period of time. Oh, and who wouldn't want that? Mm -hmm. I, that's something it's on my list of goals is to really learn how to practice meditation much better. I am a very active person and, and sometimes for me sitting to do meditation is like, okay, two minutes, I'm done, you know, this doesn't work, I gotta move on to something else. I really have to work at forcing myself to sit down and do that. And, and I would love to learn to be able to be that person that can get eight hours of sleep in a mindfulness session. And, and it's practice and sitting with the discomfort of being uncomfortable being there longer than two minutes. Mm -hmm. So another thing, and we have really uh, harped on this in the past, another thing that we really need to do to help us keep calm during stressful times is we have to get some sleep. And we actually dedicated two episodes on sleep. It is episode five and six, where we really talked about the benefits of sleep and how it affects your brain and how it affects your leadership. And we're gonna mention it again right here, how getting sleep really does help reduce your stress level. And back to the very beginning, how we are showing up. Our behavior is contagious. People pick up on how we are behaving. They know if we are stressed, even if we think we're hiding it. As leaders, we need to demonstrate that we are 
taking care of ourselves by taking care of the stress levels. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And sleep deprivation raises stress hormones on its own. So even if you're not in a stressful period of life, just the fact that you're not sleeping is raising those stress hormones. So if you are already in a chaotic time with, you know, end of year and holidays and pandemic and this and that, and then you add that sleep deprivation on top of it, it just sends it into a whole different orbit. So when you sleep, you're really allowing your, your brain to recharge. It's like taking your cell phone and the battery is run down on your cell phone. You have to plug your phone in and let it recharge. And I know a lot of us will plug our phones in at night. And when in the morning, our phones are ready to go. Our batteries are all charged up. It's the same for our bodies. So when we sleep, it's like plugging ourselves in and recharging. So in the morning, we're ready to go and face the day. Perfect timing that we have talked about these six ways to manage stress for better brain function. So thank you. Our practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. Stay positive. Find the positive in a situation. Count your blessings. Find things to be grateful for to start your day and end your day. Get off the grid. Take a few minutes and get away. Step away from what you're working on and the genius will come back to your desk. Kill the negative self-talk. Get sleep and practice mindfulness. And Lori, as a part of all of that, one of the things I'm grateful for is you and our time together. Oh, it's mutual gratitude and admiration. See you again soon. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit UpwardSolutionsCC.com. Until next week.